Welcome to the Modern CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping accounting firms achieve success. If you're an accounting firm owner who wants to learn how to grow your firm by providing virtual CFO services, then this podcast is for you. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. It's that time of year again for us to talk about retreats. So with all of the COVID and all of the travel restrictions, we have not been able to have this conversation for a while. So we just got back from our director retreat. So if you look at the cameras and you're watching this on video, you can see everybody's nice tans. And that's all because of the work that uh, Lily did in getting us to the Bahamas. So um, I'm going to start with you, Lily. We're going to do a a live postmortem on our last retreat. So Lily, why don't you talk a little bit about where we went and what we did and really give us an overview of everything that happened. Great. Um, Yeah, so glad to be back. And we um, chose the Bahamas and uh, Atlantis for the director's retreat. Um, Families were invited, which made it a lot of fun um, and a very dynamic trip from, from what we were doing. Um, But yeah, everyone flew into the Bahamas. We really um, gave the first day everyone an opportunity to unpack, sink in, um, get a feel for the resort and offered a cocktail hour for everyone to show up at. Um, Some people meet for the first time, others um, get reacquainted. And then our second day, we had uh, meetings commence for the uh, directors and the families all got to go down water slides, go to the beach, hang out, do what they wanted to do. And we started off then from there in the evening with a beautiful beachside party to get everyone in the mood and ready for the Bahamas. I know there was some pushback because we made everyone wear white for family photos. (laughs) And I'm looking at you, Zach. (laughs) Listen, I, I didn't own anything. I did not own a white shirt, so I did have to purchase that, but it's all good. It's all good. I mean, you rocked it. It, you your family looked I mean their pictures your pictures turned out great um so yeah we started with uh um like white party everyone wore white for pictures to match and looked really pretty along the water and then uh the next couple days meetings everyone got to hang out gamble do their thing and we finished the final day with either a choice of free time to do the things that you didn't get to check off your list and or a catamaran catamaran ride to uh an island and do some snorkeling so that's a brief overview of everything we did yeah, it was it was definitely a great time, and I, I only got two stains on my white shirt at the barbecue, so that, that's that's success in, in, in my book. So, um, yeah, it was a great time. So, the flame uh, dancer didn't catch anybody on fire. Yeah, the fire dancer. Everybody stayed oh, safe. Yes, and the music was pretty awesome. The music was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, they they did everything. They covered every type of music possible, and that was and I, tattoo artists. They had a tattoo airbrush tattoo oh, art, artist there. It was amazing. And yeah, who the kids have probably two or three tattoos yeah, each. Everybody, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. They had way more than three tattoos. <laughs> I had two. <laughs> there were a few judgy looks from other parents going home from the Bahamas, like on the plane when they looked at our like seven and eight year olds and they had tattoos all over them. And I'm like, well, <laughs> we were in the Bahamas. What do you expect? <laughs> I would so- say the 
Yeah. Probably that was probably their their number one thing with the tattoos. They will um, not remember the beach. They will not remember anything but the tattoos. <laughs> My kids will definitely remember the beach. <laughs> yeah, we have probably. 14 hours of GoPro underwater videos that they took when they were sitting there on the beach each morning while we were in the director's meetings of pretty much the same fish over and over again. But that was definitely their, their highlight. So, um, so logistic wise, uh, Jody, I'm going to ask, throw this over to you. How many people were uh, invited to the trip and, and kind of uh, how many of those were summit employees versus families and, and friends and stuff? So, yeah, that's a good question. So we had, um, I think 50 people, it could be 49, 48, something like that. 50 people that we, uh, invited to the trip. Uh, it was our director team, and then uh, with a few additional employees that we uh, felt was uh, important to have during that during that meeting. And uh, with that, so we had probably six or seven employees, roughly, and then the rest were family. And so it family nine to be if you want nine employees. Yeah. Sorry, nine employees, <laughs> and then the remainder were your family and friends. And so it was. Uh, it was majority of majority of the makeup was was the kids, you know, family, spouses, and the kids. Mm -hmm. And I know we we did a um, podcast on this before, but just to, for this for our new listeners, explain the thought process behind inviting the families and and what the importance of that is, especially at a, the director level retreat. Yeah. Now, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, you can't invite families to all retreats. It's just the budget, unless you're just a multi million dollar profitable company that can handle that. The budget's pretty pretty expensive, so. Um, we had to limit it to uh, the directors, and we felt that uh, with having the families there gave the, uh, the, the, the spouses more so than the, the kids an opportunity to, um, uh, to actually, you know, as a thank you. You know, hey, thank you for allowing me, the owner of the company, to borrow uh, your spouse, you know, for the time that, uh, that they've had. Uh, with that maybe it's extra hours that they had to put in or you know some other time that they they were away from you know the, their their family and so it's kind of a, an opportunity to give back to the to the spouse and the family uh for the time that we uh summit took from them so that that's the idea there and the bonding uh is huge you know because now the director's families get a chance to know each other uh spouses get a, get a chance to know each other the kids hang out with each other and just really creates a pretty cool bonding atmosphere uh, with the, with with the uh, with the entire firm, the director team. I think the cool thing there too is is um, with our director team, it's it's not like all kids are the same age. You know, we had some college age kids, we had some middle school, higher elementary school kids, and we had some pre school kids, you know, at that age. So um, I think that was really cool. It's like, you know, even you had to have all kids the same age. It made it really fun. And I know to your point, like, obviously I'm a director and my spouse um, appreciates Summit more than any company I've ever worked for because of those um, stuff like this. She knows that um, she's appreciated as well as me being appreciated. So Zach, I want you to comment on this as well. Being someone else that was at the retreat and had a uh, family there, how does your uh, family take it? The, I mean, my family could not have been more grateful and could not have had a better time. We, we, I think we may have had the youngest kiddo there. Um, our youngest is four and our oldest is eight. And they, I mean, they're still talking about it um, and asking when we're going to go back. And we're like, probably never, but, um, that, <laughs> they, but anyways, they loved it. They actually got to do like a dolphin training experience that, you know, it, I mean, it was just amazing. Um, and they just had the best time and yeah, like 
Jody said, you know, there, I think that investment in families goes a long way. And, and my wife got to meet other spouses, uh, you know, that, that I get to work alongside of. And that was just great to be able to build relationships. And, um, and I'll tell you too, if you've got young kids and there's older kids on a trip, like that's always an amazing thing because you have to watch your kids less. And so that was really a nice thing for our family. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely true, and I think that uh, it was it was fun for my kids because my kids are you know twelve and fourteen, and the last dinner there they were at, and it was uh, it was a typical Jody dinner where we probably were there for three hours, you know, doing the you had the appetizers and the you just sat and talked and ate, and so my my kids get a little bit of an understanding when I come back from a trip and I'm I'm exhausted, like oh now we know why is because you have those long Jody dinners, I'm like that's every night, you had so. a fourteen course dinner, <laughs> a fourteen yeah. course meal with <laughs> lots of options, lots of desserts, so. Um, so, so Lily, I'm going to throw it back to you. So in terms of um, retreat planning, in terms of inviting families, how often do you see that done? I mean, I, I, I you're making me scramble my words. <laughs> That's good. It means it's a good question. I mean, I, I really think what Summit has created um, and Jody and Adam have created together is something unique and also something that should be um, looked at by other companies and replicated with how they um, treat their employees and creating that connection in a very remote working environment. Um, I, I agree with what Jody mentioned is, you know, inviting spouses and family because of budgeting is definitely meant for certain employees at a certain level. And it's just really cool to see what happens on these retreats with family. And it's worthwhile taking a look at if you're looking at doing a retreat and celebrating your team, not only through development at meetings, but also through a memorable experience. So, so Jody, for you, um, when it came to, again, kind of post-mortem here, what going into a retreat where families are involved versus ones where families aren't involved, how do we go about selecting the location and what are some of the key things we were looking for because families were there? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So kind of limits on where you can go, right? So you're not going to take uh, a bunch of families with kids to Vegas. You know, that's probably not a, not a great loca location or New Orleans or something like that. So you, you really need to kind of take it, take the kid, take it to where it's really kid friendly, but can entertain all different ages. Like we said, we had college kids to to young kids and so it's important that you know that you know we, we find a location that can that can do both which there's not that many really out there and they're, they're, you're pretty limited on where you can go and where you can't go and so it makes it really tough on on Lily to scope out different uh, properties and locales that that we can actually manage so um, you know, I, I would say the biggest thing is you have to kind of think of everybody you have to think of the older as well as the younger uh, to make sure that they uh, walk away with that same experience. Great. Yeah, yeah, no, I, go ahead, Lily, sorry. Even the party that, the beach side party that we threw is a small scale example uh, of the elements that go into play of, you know, we could have stopped with dinner and a Calypso band playing and an open bar, but then, okay, fine. Then what do you have younger kids enjoying and occupying themselves with so the adults can really actually enjoy the open bar 
and the Calypso band. So what elements then can we bring in? A magician to kind of capture the kid's attention when they first arrived. Then they're like, oh, tattoos, great. And in fact, the tattoo artist stayed an hour longer because people wanted more. <laughs> and then a fire dancer for everyone. And that's just a small scale example, but that goes into play. And when you're planning an entire trip and picking a location too. Yeah, and I think that's the key of having a Lily involved is I think if uh, Jody, Zach and I would have planned this, we probably would have just had the dinner. We wouldn't even have the musician. We would have the dinner in the open bar and the kids right. would have been annoying Bring us the whole time. Bring your own dinner to the beach. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's that's the importance of having a Lily there. She thinks through that the entire time. And I think even when choosing the location, you know, to Jody's point is that there was something to do for everybody. There was something where, you know, some days we were just on the water park all day. And I, I made a joke to Adam when I was talking to him a couple of days ago is, I only saw the casino once and that's when we went to dinner on the other side of the, of the beach. Like I didn't see the casino the entire time we were there because I had the kids and because I had the family where, you know, some of the people who were there that had the older kids probably spent the majority of their time in the casino. So it was just yeah, a, a little bit more than I'd ever want to see in an entire year <laughs> <laughs> because of the friend group I made, but <laughs> we won't spend too much time on that. <laughs> this keep this pg rated right with those party kids are you interested in offering virtual cfo services at your firm or scaling your existing service offerings the virtual cfo playbook how to land sixty thousand dollars a year clients and provide a killer client experience is an online series of modules that will equip you with essential tools for creating and delivering scalable vcfo services these approaches have helped Summit CPA grow from $500,000 to upwards of $5 million in revenue over the past decade. If you're ready to grow your firm, visit summitcpa.net slash VCFO playbook to enroll now. So, so Zach, let's let's uh, turn the table a little bit here. So I think we've talked about the entertainment and the fun part of it. Now let's talk about the um, the three or four hours a day where we spent doing business and what we were doing during those times. How did we go about coming putting together that agenda and discovering what was what was needed there? I don't really like how you inferred that the three hours that I facilitated was not fun. So we'll start with that. Um, I had a great time. But but I'm talking for the other people. Thank you. Time Um. Yeah, we really set out to talk about what does strategic growth for the firm look like? And, you know, I think that this is a great opportunity to step outside of the day to day, obviously a huge investment from the company to do that. And so we really sat back and said, how, you know, in the next couple of years, we want, you know, we have these big uh, growth goals and how do we accomplish those together? And so we stepped back and first said, you know, who's, who is in the room is really important. Um, the investment of the people in the room is really important. So again, helping to understand our unique abilities and unique contributions. Um, Tom Rath, who wrote the book, uh, Strengths-Based Leadership said, as a leader, we can't be great at everything. The greatest leaders understand what they're great at and what they're not great at and leverage those strengths and abilities. So we used a new assessment out there called Working Genius by Patrick Lencioni. And we went through that together to really understand what our working geniuses are, what our competencies are, what our frustrations were. And so we facilitated some time just around that. What, what is it that we feel like we do best? What don't we do best? And the cool thing is um, in that room, we had a bunch of genius represented. And for most of us, what we are really frustrated with, there were other people 
that had that genius. And so really kind of recognizing, understanding that. We also just had some time of being able to appreciate and affirm one another um, for the contribution that each person is making. So there was some time dedicated to that as well as challenge. Um, here's some things I see that maybe you could work on and do better. And so we left with some really good individual commitments. And then we pivoted to what does that mean for the team? What might our team look like two, three years down the road and really reverse engineered? What is our hiring plan? What do our accountability charts look like based on that growth, based on that trajectory that we want to go down? So um, we really started with the individual, then fast forwarded two, three years down the road and just kind of worked on reverse engineering. How do we get there? People, processes, um, and ideas and really dissected that, which is again, just a cool place to do it. Obviously the Bahamas, um, but stepping outside of the whirlwind of the day to day was really important. Yeah, anything is possible when you're in the Bahamas. It's true. <laughs> That's 100% true. So, so Jody, other than the fact that this um, test we took called you a genius in a couple of ways, which I know you love, but what else did you love about the working genius and what else did you get away from that, um, that part of the conference? About the working genius? Yeah, the working um, genius test. Yeah, just kind of unique that everybody has a different, uh, different genius, something that they're, they're good at and just gives you the opportunity to kind of reflect and, and uh, know how to interact with people a little bit better. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I think it was uh the director group knows each other well enough where I think a lot of us could have um, pegged a couple of them or like, okay, I know Jody's going to be these, I know uh, Jake's going to be this. So I think that it was helpful to affirm that, but also there was, there were some surprises there. Um, so I think that was, that was good. But I think Zach, I'm going to throw this back to you about <clears throat> how the geniuses work together. You know, I think that was a really important part of the conversation and I'm going to go a little bit more into that, um, how we, how we talked through that and how we kind of, that, that built the rest of the um, kind of the rest of the next couple of days. Yeah, so the six working geniuses are wonder, invention, uh, discernment, galvanizing, you put me on the spot, enablement and tenacity. And so um, it kind of goes from, you know, I, you know, ideation to activating those ideas to completing those ideas, making those happen. Um, and so for most of us, you know, when we talked about even the affirmations and things that we can do better for most people. Um, they fell within those buckets, right? Like you do this really, really well. Hey, you need to pay more attention to this. That's, you know, we, we saw some big correlation in the genius and frustrations and more than that, like came up with some good ideas on how to mitigate that. Maybe who to delegate that off to, maybe focus more on these things than that thing. Um, and so I think it just gave us a good framework in a really, it's sort of like DISC, right? Like the great thing about DISC is it's easy to remember. I think these are easy to remember. And so, you know, when I need to, you know, do a certain task or I've got to create a new initiative, I kind of know who to go to to get the ideas going, who to get the team around and activate the idea, and then who kind of brings it over the finish line. Uh, and so I think that that's always helpful to know about ourselves, but even more than that, to know about one another. Yeah, no, I, I definitely got a, a lot out of it. And I, I think you, you mentioned this as well. We did the talking about each person. And I think when you first gave that assignment, you gave us like 15 minutes where we had to write down positives about people and things that they can work on. And I think everybody was a little worried when that assignment first came out. But then once you got started, like it was just so easy. Like it was just flowing. My, I, could, my, I couldn't th write fast enough for all the ideas I had. And I'm wondering if you had a similar experience to that, Jody, when we started uh, kind of going through person by person and identifying what they were, their strengths were. 
I had the opposite. It was okay. very difficult for me to come up with strengths and weaknesses. My my whole thing was blank. But then when I heard people talk about different things, like yeah, that's a, that's a good strength. I'm going to put that down on my list. Oh, that no, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't count that. So I wouldn't put that. But yeah, it was hard for me to brainstorm. Like you you obviously brainstorm right away and had that. It was really difficult for me to actually create that list. So this is Zach. Have you done that activity before with other companies? I have, and that's why I had Jody go last, because by the time that he, everyone was done, he had some like really good feedback to share with each person. But yes, it, it's, you know, what's interesting is, you know, for most of us, sharing that kind of feedback is really hard and really difficult um, and not something we tend to do on a, on a regular basis. And so I think not only does it give good affirmation and good things to work on, but it also, you know, continues to cultivate a culture and, you know, where we can share clear and honest feedback with one another. Um, and so I know Jody's giving himself a hard time, but I think everyone's feedback was very meaningful um, and very heart heartfelt. And I think everyone walked away with some really good um, points from that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it wasn't the, not the being transparent. It wasn't the fact that I was afraid to give it. It was just, I just couldn't think of things that are good and bad. Uh, it, it was just, it was, it was, it was a difficult assignment for me. I think the part of it too is, is it's sometimes it's tough to brainstorm by yourself, right? Like I think the, the reason you do brainstorming sessions is when you're like, oh yeah, I hear that. And then you add to it and you, you, mm -hmm. you, do, you do things like mm -hmm. that. So I think that's part yeah. of it is that, yeah. um, again, it's, it is a difficult task to just sit there and in silence, think, think about but nine when, different people. Like when you make people. a comment about somebody else, it's like, oh yeah, that, yeah, duh. Why didn't I put that down there? Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. or maybe elaborate on something there. So it was, it was easier for me once I started hearing people talk to, to get get an emotion there i feel like you were writing like a million words a minute after like when people <laughs> right. started sharing you're like oh yeah I yeah this, this thing. And like by the end of it everyone like it would just kept building on each other it was yeah, it was cool sure. yeah. i think the, the coolest thing about it too was i think zach that now time you had dedicated to that we probably went well over it and i think that's because of how close of a team we are and because of how well we know each other i think like it wasn't mm -hmm. there was some there wasn't, I mean, no one just said ditto, right? Like no one pulled the Jody and said ditto, which is a story we'll tell yeah, in another yeah, podcast, yeah. but um, <laughs> no, no one pulled that. Everybody definitely, like, even if they said uh, the same thing Jody said, they elaborated on this. I think mm -hmm. we probably took more time for that than you wanted us to, but I think that was really, really valuable. Yeah. And I think that's a good note when you're doing retreats like this, you know, we talked about in, in what I tried to get from Jody and, and you and from Adam was, what do what are the things we hope to accomplish from a big picture perspective and then kind of brought a bunch of tools to be able to do that and we cut some things that we didn't do because you're right that took way more time than i thought it was going to take that's sort of the story of my life on you know retreats and things but it was really good and that was the right thing to do and it actually helped us there were some tools we kind of thought we were going to do that we didn't even need because that went so well and it set us up for the next conversation so we kind of programmed it day by day we started with the individual then we talked about how does this intersect with the team and now how do we plan for the future and so i just prepared kind of you know kind of a toolbox for every day we didn't get to every tool but that was okay we got to the right tools and I think that's the importance of having having a Zach as opposed to the CEO or the COO like Adam or I lead the discussion. It, it put us all on equal footing um, having a Zach do it than, than having us do it. 
I agree hundred percent. I think having Zach there, similar to what I said about Lily earlier, like it, it would not have been as successful without someone like a Zach running that because he is, he's, it's what he does best. I think when I talked about his strengths, like the, whenever I see Zach to retreat, I'm like, man, this is like the chef in the kitchen. He's, <laughs> this is where he belongs. And so it's, it's fun to, it's fun to watch him work in that, in that area. And I think it's makes our retreats super successful. For sure. it's, cool. it's a team effort, right? I mean, we were making fun, but I mean, a retreat I planned with Summit a couple of years ago was at a Holiday Inn. And not that Holiday Inns are bad. I'm not I'm not passing any judgment. But um, Jody was mortified, number one, that I would plan a retreat at the Holiday Inn. And number two, like, it would have been way better if Lily had planned it. <laughs> Sure. So the last thought on the um, on the retreat side of things. So so Jody, I, I definitely noticed that. So the last retreat we did in Jackson Hole, we really focused on what seemed like more short ter- short term goals, like what needs to be done in the next year. And then this retreat, we obviously focused on a couple of years down the road. Can you talk a little bit about the thought process behind that and kind of how we um, got got from from one retreat to the next? Yeah, I think the short-term goals are very important to have because, again, we had some leaks in the company, you know, different things that we needed to fix, you know, right away. Um, as we fixed those leaks, you know, the, 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 the leaks were big. You know, now, now the leaks are really small in the company. So we've, we've, got, we've got some smaller leaks, which those can be handled a lot of times on the weekly meetings or the monthly meetings, you know, that sort of thing. It doesn't really need to be addressed necessarily at the retreat level. So I wanted to to get everybody off of the short term and their heads buried and start looking at the long term. Because what happens is we don't start looking at the long term, those leaks become, you know, freaking water, waterfalls and pools before we even get to them uh, because we weren't thinking ahead. We weren't thinking, you know, ahead of the, the next day type of thing. So I thought it was really important to, to really focus on what the company is going to look like in three years. Cause we are growing, we grow at, we about double our size every three years. So that's a, that's a pretty good growth. Uh, pattern and the only way to be successful with that growth pattern is really planning uh, for that growth and making sure that hires are made prior to the the need for that hire Uh, making sure the cash reserve is built strong enough to be able to to afford you know hiring a million dollars in in new hires you know every year you know that type of thing so it's really uh, really important to kind of looking forward and that's why one of my director team to do is hey let's look forward as directors and let's let the managers look at the day-to-day stuff now that we're putting different levels underneath that. Uh, the director should always be looking forward and not uh, in the weeds, not doing the day-to-day stuff. So Lily, are you excited to plan a retreat for a company that's twice the size in a couple of years? It's going to be awesome. <laughs> as long as everyone's flights go to plan. Then <laughs> it'll be great. No, I mean, this, this work and working with you all is my happy place. I thrive in it. And the bigger the group, the and the more um, intricate the itineraries get and the more people you're looking out for, that excites me even more. Um, so bring it on. Bring it <laughs> yeah. on. <Summit. laughs> bring it on. We've got one coming up next week, actually, yep. uh, which kind of kind of leads to the next uh, next topic. Um, we're having a part two next week will be the CFO retreat. Uh, so we're planning that we're going to have that in Las Vegas and we'll be uh, conducting that our next, uh, web or based on our next pie or web, web, web webcast, you know, during that retreat. So that should be pretty, pretty exciting talking a little bit about that. Now, again, 
We did the director retreat, which is directors with families. And then the CFO retreat, a little different, you know, instead of families, they're really not invited, uh, which is, com is purposely done that way. Uh, so that the so that the CFOs get a chance to hang out with each other more often. You know, they, they don't have an, they don't have the excuse that they've got to go back to their spouse or the guilt that they've got to go back to their spouse at night and hang out with them, where they where they kind of feel more freedom to hang out and really kind of get a chance to bond with each other a little bit more. So that's the purpose of that. But then we do add that element to it where we add the families are allowed to come on that last day for a really cool dinner and stuff like that. We'll talk more about that um, on the next one. Uh, but it gives them the opportunity if they want to extend it to a, a nice little vacation afterwards. They can do that, you know, for a couple of days, you know, afterwards we try to have it on a Friday and on a Friday, give them the ability to have it a Saturday and Sunday and then uh, back work on Monday type of thing. So uh, a little different, a little different, um, a lot smaller, you know, only about uh, 20 people at the uh, CFO retreat, um, but uh, still uh, definitely important and very, very important. And again, the CFO would be like a manager level, uh, retreat at uh, most companies. Yeah, so I think that we will be doing our first attempt at a live podcast next week. So we are going to bring several cameras, several microphones, everything we need to do to try to do this live in Vegas. And hopefully there'll be no slot machines ringing behind us while we're trying to talk, but it should be a, a really good podcast. I'm looking forward to talking through that one. And to, to Jody's point, there definitely is a different mindset behind both retreats. I'm not having the family there. You know, I know I've I've probably been to five or six CFO retreats now and everyone um, it's, it's just about bonding. It's about spending the time and, you know, playing cards against humanity until four o'clock in the morning in a hotel bar is, is, has happened before. And I'm sure it'll happen, happen again, but it'll be a great podcast. And I'm looking forward to it. We'll have this exact same group on, on that podcast um, after this one. So. Yeah. I think we've had a hundred percent other than 2020, hundred <laughs> percent attendance basically, or people, deciding to stay longer or had plans and needed to leave, but then we're like, I'm canceling those plans because I can't miss out on this thing that we're doing. <laughs> um, so good track record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's, that starts at the top too. And I think that the, the once people start hearing more about the retreat and knowing what's going on, that the people don't want to miss out on it because it, it is, especially for a distributed company, you know, it's not like I get to see uh, Jody every week at the water cooler, like we see each other maybe a couple times a year. And so you don't want to miss out on those opportunities and that, that really helps. Great. So um, that we're right up on time here. So again, any final thoughts on the director retreat and things that we wanted to get out there for our listeners to know about putting together a director retreat? Um, I, I would start, I would say the, the, the key there is, uh, you know, right, right from the top. And I, I'd say the key is the planning part. Make sure you have the right people in place for it. Don't try to do it all yourself. You know, as an owner of a company, that would be the most stressful week in the world if I, if I didn't have a, a Zach and a Lily on the team that could uh, coordinate the, the retreat and then manage the um, manage the tree as it was going on. So don't try to do it all by yourself. It's real important and money well or spent to have, uh, have two individuals like this on the team to be able to do it. Yep, definitely. Zach, any final thoughts from you? I agree. You put a lot of thought into where you want to end up at the end of the retreat with, with facilitation, um, you know, what do you want people to know? What do you want them to kind of feel? What do you want them to do? Um, and I think that that's really important because this is a huge investment. You want to get, you know, big dividends from it, not only from the, you know, building side of relationships, but also what you accomplish. And you have this amazing opportunity to step outside of the day today. So think about the end in mind, reverse engineer it from there. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice. And, and and get a lily 
<laughs> for sure so you threw it over to you lily what's your final thought um yeah i uh, other than the planning is truly crucial especially when you're working with groups that are 10 people joining you and more um along with if you're traveling internationally i think one of the big things we had to deal with for this trip was some of the covid regulations and protocols going international and i know that left a lot of people feeling somewhat anxious but i could tell people quickly felt relieved and confident in the process of traveling to the bahamas and what needed to be done because i was there to hold their hand and guide them through the entire way. So mm -hmm. it's not only the planning, but also just when you're that set up and have it well thought out, out when things happen, you're then able to quickly act on a contingency plan um, because everything's already pre-planned out. So um, that would be the biggest, biggest thing that I'd leave with. For sure. And I think that's even true outside of COVID. I think, and, and even international versus domestic or whatever, I think just having um, someone there that's planning, because I know I'm more of a fly by the seat of my pants type guy, but my wife is, is a planner. And the amount of times like she was reaching out to me through Lily or me trying to get a hold of Lily, I'm here, just, just, here's Lily's number. Why don't you reach out to her? Yes, I'm sure she, yes. she probably texted you a hundred <laughs> times and we got it all figured out. But no, there was definitely a lot of stuff up in the air that we just didn't know about. And I think that uh, having a Lily just there to answer those questions is um, a lot better than uh, someone internally trying to do it. So it's such a guy thing versus <laughs> girl thing. Like, very, girls tend to want to know everything. And Jen, Dave's wife, was like, thank goodness you sent that out and everything <laughs> like the itinerary and the, all of that to me because Dave was just going by the seat of his pants <laughs> a lot of us yeah. were Sorry, Dave. <laughs> I don't think I think I forgot to tell my wife that there was a like specialized app that had everything until we got there and she's like what and I'm like just look at the app what app what are you talking about and I was like oh sorry <laughs> If it wasn't for my wife, we'd all been wearing green to the white party, and that would have been bad. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you guys joining us, and I think this will be a well-listened-to podcast. And again, we will talk again next week in Vegas. So uh, thanks for joining, everybody. Yep, thank you. See you in Vegas. Yep. Enjoy this podcast? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving modern CPA firm success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry.